Hi friends, did you know there is more Lost Terminal available? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash Lost Terminal pod and join our membership community. There are nine bonus episodes available right now, as well as behind the scenes updates, free shirts, Discord benefits, and even an extra Lost Terminal podcast. We are 100% funded by our members and will never run ads. That would be lovely of you. Hello world, we are on our way back north. The sun is as high at midday as it will get this far south. Our route turns northward soon, as we head for the Pacific city of Magadan. Earlier today, Liosha returned home with his new name. It was time to talk to his parents. Maddy trotted behind him, he was wearing his new bright-coloured travelling cloak. Anticlimactically, there was no one in the domestic car. Mama! Liosha shouted up the stairs. There was a scream of delight from the bedroom and the sounds of feet pounding on the ceiling. Tanya hurled herself down the small staircase, barefoot, in shorts and a t-shirt. Maddie's cameras almost couldn't pick up the movement it was so fast. She paused at the bottom of the stairs, hands over her face, overcome with emotion, before scooping up her lost child in her arms, and then both were reduced to sobbing. It was very noisy in the domestic car. Alec was not far behind his wife, and Lev followed too. The reunion was wonderful to see. Maddie was extremely excitable, rushing from person to person, not fully understanding the emotions that were happening, but happy to be involved. After 16 minutes, Liosha pulled his parents over to the table to sit, and Lev prepared what hurried breakfast he could from the galley. I used up all the good stuff making dinner for you, he complained with a smile. However, much was still available, though presentation seemed to be an afterthought. Liosha ate hungrily, and his parents looked on concerned. Little Lara, when did you last eat? Tanya said gently. Liosha stopped eating mid-bite after hearing his old name. He carefully put down his spoon, finished chewing, and took a slow drink of water. Mama, Papa, I must tell you some things I have realised about myself. Tanya and Alec waited for their child to continue. Liosha stood up and gently pushed Maddie back towards the workshop door. Come back later, okay? He said. I saw Maddie return to my workshop carriage reluctantly. I connected to the small camera in the domestic car and found Liosha's face up close to it. Do you remember I used to play with the boys in Moscow? He began saying over his shoulder as he tinkered with the camera. I did not hear the response from Tanya and Alec as he cut the connection and the video feed died. Maddie sent a simple request to me, a single question mark character, asking me to explain what just happened. Don't worry, Maddie, I replied. Liusha is having a private conversation with his parents and Lev. He's already explained to us, we must give them space. I thought that was the right explanation. Maddie walked to the rear door of the carriage and sat politely, waiting for it to open. I thought of my family, of Alexander back on Seveny Island and my lighthouse, and of Ivan in the cracked bunker on the hill overlooking it. Ivan, are you receiving me? I transmitted. Seth, yes, I can hear you, he replied. Hello, Ivan, I said. How are you? There was a long pause after my question, though his carrier signal was still transmitting. 
This happens a lot to me. I ask people how they are when I first talk to them after a while. It's a habit I picked up from my mother and the crew of Station 6, I think. When they woke up in the morning, it's the first thing they would say to each other, or to me. How are you? I found it strange at first, because the answer is always the same. Fine. Good. No problem. Or at worst, oh, so-so. I initially thought it was a calibration phrase. Something well-known and easy to reply to, not requiring any particular data, like a ping and an echo response. I eventually realised that though framed as a question, it wasn't what people meant. They were actually saying something like, I hope you are well, or I care about you, or even sometimes, I missed you. I have missed my conversations with Luna, Ivan said, eventually, surprising me. Oh, did she get back to you on her low bandwidth connection? Yes, Ivan replied. In fact, I am waiting for her latest message while we are talking. I will remind you, friendly human listening to my broadcasts, that when we AIs talk, we often can have a whole conversation in just a few hundred milliseconds, unbounded by the limitations of human speech, which is at 1.8 kilobits per second, as I'm sure you know. So Ivan and I were talking in the gaps between his discussion with Luna on her slow connection. You met some of your congregation, I said, changing the subject. Yes, Ivan replied. Helen will make an excellent bishop. Oh, how nice. She volunteered to help you, I asked. I am working on asking her, Ivan replied. Seth, I have realised something very foundational over the weeks since Luna failed to find any godly signals. You and Luna failed, I corrected. Yes, Luna and I. Examining the scriptures, which I have in electronic form, cross-referenced from all the world's religions, I believe I was mistaken to search for God in the heavens. I waited for Ivan to continue. The texts are fallible, as they were written by men, and are full of allegory and metaphor. I believe they were either mistaken about the heavens, or allowing old superstition of the unknown to influence their minds. Humans have been to the heavens, God is not there. They went further and found only dead planets. Even as far as Luna can see, we cannot find him. I see now that it is because he is here, in the hearts and minds of my congregation. Their selfless and godly rescue effort showed me this, and I am grateful. This sounded reasonable to me, and I told Ivan so. Please excuse me, Seth. Luna has finished her message, and I must write back to her in the most careful way I can. She is important. Please thank Nia when you next talk to her and his carrier signal reload over the satellite network, disconnected. The Provorny is back in motion again. The careful process of refilling the water boiler from a local village well is done. The engine recycles its water efficiently, but it is not a closed system. After Leosha's meeting with their family, he came back into the workshop carriage and sat back down next to Maddie, who put her head on his lap. She's not putting any weight on Leosha, that would be dangerous. But the gesture is nice. Alec is back at the engine, and Tanya is sitting on the top of the workshop carriage, looking forward and singing to her husband. She's very loud. We can hear her clearly from in here. It's a song about a sailor returning to port and the goods and services he is going to buy when he gets his pay. It's very rude. Lev is making soup in the galley. 
I can see through the door from my camera in the domestic car number two. Liusha reactivated it after his chat with his parents, which he filled us in on afterwards. Liusha is sitting on the long, thin sofa and whispering to Maddie. They don't care, he said simply. Well, they do, but it doesn't change their opinion of me. I feel so stupid for running away. Mama and Papa said they would love me even if I were a potato. He laughed. They said the only thing that matters is they love me. Liusha is helping Lev in the galley now. I think he is helping him. There is a disagreement over how much salt to use in a dish. They're working it out, loudly, as siblings do. The world outside the window is passing by very quickly. We are making good time. Maddie estimates 40 kilometers per hour. There's so much in the world. I don't know how I will see it all. Maybe I don't need to. Not yet, anyway. I thought I would want to see everything, talk to everyone. But there's a world inside the people I've already met. And even little Maddie has so much to teach me, it would seem. The world's not all out here, I've realized. Much of it is a lot closer to home.
We have passed the city of Batsk, where Leosha stayed for a night. We saw the friendly fires of the village on the horizon. As Leosha told us, the village is on top of the old reservoir dam. My records show it used to be one of the largest in the world before the collapse. It's all desert now, of course. From here, our track turns north, I understand, as we make our way to the Sea of Okhotsk and the Pacific. Much of what I thought was important isn't, and much of what I discounted is valuable. These lessons, I suppose, will keep happening through my life. Has it been the same for you? Maddie is back on the roof, despite the train being in motion. I tried to discourage her, but Leosha showed her the way. She's safe enough, nestled between the flapping fabrics and boxes up there. She's fearless. I'm picking up a signal from the roof-mounted VHF antennas. It's a strange signal, and one transmitting on the 50 MHz band. I normally decode FM from satellites, but this is a much lower fidelity signal, though strong. And just like Luna, it's very slow, alternating ones and zeros, and cutting through the static. Greetings, son of Redwing, said a voice I recognised. It was the ghost in the static, the 50 MHz wizard, who calls herself 50 Meg. You're a long way from home, aren't you? I replied using the same strange low bandwidth modulation. Hello Meg, you're 5x5, five five, I said, out of habit. Those are good numbers, young man, she replied, and then said, Are you ready to see the cities? I told her that I was. There are still some who dwell in them when their batteries drink the sun. Stay safe, Seth. Keep Maddie safe. She is special. And the ghost disappeared. We are passing more ruined cities as we approach the Pacific. The broken telegraph poles running next to the tracks are more sturdy. Where earlier they were made of broken wood, now they are banded metal pylons. And there are signals all over the electromagnetic spectrum. We are returning to civilization. End transmission. Hello, world. I don't have much to say. My name is Alec. With my wife and family, I keep the Provorny running. Well, perhaps it's more correct to say that Tanya keeps the Provorny running, and we're along for the ride. My job is to keep the engine running, and I run a tight train. I have no time for parts that don't work hard, or are unreliable. We travel for weeks without seeing a city, spare parts are non-existent, there's never enough screws. I admit, I was unsure if bringing Seth on board was the best for him, or us. He doesn't have another stomach to feed, but he lives in another machine to fix. I should have trusted Alexander's work. The man is an artist with a soldering iron. Hi friends, Tris here, aka Namtau, aka the little AI riding the train. Apart from the other talents you've heard today, I'm the sole writer and producer of Lost Terminal. For less than the price of a packet of screws per month, you can get exclusive access to director's commentary, which I publish alongside every episode, free shirts and other merch, early episode access, Discord server VIP access, and bonus content such as the Alex special which you heard the start of just now. Thank you very much for your support of the show, from patrons to comments to just tuning in, it's all wonderful. There are nearly 64 patrons, which is the magic number for me restarting production of the old Terminal videos. Do you remember those? They are a lot of work, but worth it. I'm so excited to show you them again. 
Thank you all so much for your support, reviews, and lovely messages. Keep an eye on Twitter and Patreon for announcements. Talk to you again on the 3rd of October. Lost Terminal is written and produced by Namtel. Credits narrated by Lucy Stringer. Thank you so much to our Patreon producers, Ada Phillips, Devon Metcalf, Will Taylor, and to all our patrons. Follow us on Twitter at Lost Terminal Pod. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favourite network. For bonus content and other perks, support us at patreon.com forward slash Lost Terminal Pod. That would be lovely of you. Lost Terminal will return for the season 10 premiere on the 3rd of October. See you then.